Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Australia, and welcome to My Millennial Property. Emily Wallace here, and I'm joined by a guest today, which I'm really keen to introduce to you. A bit of a different one, actually. A lot of the time on the property podcast, we talk about property specifics. We talk about where to buy, what to buy, what not to buy. But it's been interesting in hearing our listeners want to hear from someone who's actually in the industry recruiting for roles in property. So if you're someone who is keen to get into the industry, maybe you're already in the industry and you're looking for a change, this episode is for you. I have got Chanel from Titanium Recruitment. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Chanel. Thank you so much for having me, Em, and thanks for the lovely intro. I'm super excited to chat with you today because, as I mentioned in the intro, we often talk about property, but there are so many people who listen to this show who want to get into property as a profession. Mm -hmm. Now, for reference, Chanel owns a recruitment agency specializing in property, so property management, sales agents, anything property related she recruits for, which not only means she's speaking to a lot of agencies, out there, but she's also speaking to a lot of people who want to get into the space. So let's take a step back. When did you get into the recruiting world of property? Long story, to be honest, yeah, Em. I actually, um, similar to yourself, I graduated from university as a primary school teacher, yeah. um, lived overseas for a year, came back to Australia and decided um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, ended up meeting with a recruiter about a potential job opportunity and then wound up in recruitment. I felt really aligned to real estate directors, very similar personalities. So I started to niche in real estate um, and then from there decided I can do this on my own. And that's how I got into opening my own business and that's how Titanium was born. So wow. we really wanted to partner with real estate companies and really wanted a catered approach when meeting candidates and providing them with the right opportunity to their career. Um, and that's how, like I said, Titanium Recruitment was born. Wow, that's amazing. And I think to be able to take the leap to go out on your own is a big thing. Always. Yeah. It's huge, but it's also so rewarding, right? You get to run your own show, recruit your own people for your own team. Yes. It's, um, look, it's amazing. I'm fortunate. I've got a, I've got a beautiful team of people that um, really care about candidates, career options, and they're really passionate about the real estate industry. Um, being a business owner, as we were discussing before we started filming, a lot of trials and tribulations, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, awesome. So talk to me a little bit about the recruitment landscape at the moment. Obviously, from my perspective, I've been looking in more generally like the employment arena, and it seems like employees, good employees are few and far between. And we've heard about a lot of um, news around unemployment rates being super low. And so staff in certain sectors is really hard. How are you finding in the real estate space at the moment? 
Look, we're always in a candidate short market, which is great for recruiters because that means we're needed. Um, what we've found is post-pandemic, there's a, there's been a huge shortage of talent across the real estate industry. Um, the statistic was one in three property managers left the industry during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it came down to a lot of factors. Um, one being that they probably didn't have the right support or the right training to be able to handle people who were dealing with some pretty extreme hardship matters. Um, whilst the world stopped, the property management industry did not stop during the pandemic, Mm. if anything, accelerated. Um, So we saw a mass exodus. Now coming into 2023, we're seeing a very different candidate market. A lot of candidates are available, but they're very particular in terms of the company they want to join. Um, They're wanting innovation. They're wanting forward thinking companies. They're wanting a little bit of flexibility. They're wanting high tech companies. Um, As we were discussing as well, there is a recession looming. Mm -hmm. Um, So salaries are definitely definitely coming into play. Um, There's been a big change. It used to be very easy to get your agent's rep qualification, which is the qualification you need to get into real estate. Um, That's changed. It's now a six to 12 month course. So our level of entry level candidates have definitely slowed down. Um, and people that are entering the industry now, the good thing is we know that they're definitely serious about the industry. So the entry level talent coming in is a lot stronger. Um, the market within itself, I won't lie, it's definitely turbulent. Mm. Just touching on that qualification piece, because I think the general public's perception of real estate and how to get into real estate is, oh, you just do a two-week course and you've got a certificate and off you go. Yeah. So it has changed. And you mentioned there that you're seeing people who really want to be in the space because of that change. Do you think it's enough in terms of, you know, making it a longer course? Have you seen a shift in the quality of talent since that change? I definitely don't think it's enough, but I also think that the industry itself is a job that requires you to be training as you go. Yeah. Um, the level, the the barrier to entry is extremely low, but it is for a majority of sales positions. So um, do they need more training and development? Absolutely. But I think that needs to come in-house. Um, yes, the quality of candidates coming in is definitely a lot higher because the cost of the course has actually risen quite significantly as well, as well as the duration it takes to complete it. So prior, you could have had your agent's rep within 24 hours for $400. Now it's about $4,000 and it can take up to 12 months depending on which provider you go with. So when there's higher amounts of money and a longer commitment, um, what we're finding is that, like I said, the candidates that are wanting to do it and complete it, they've actually thought out the industry, probably done a little bit of research, spoken to someone in the industry and have then made the decision to come in to the, to the industry. Yeah. And so am I right in thinking and for our listeners that you have to have the certificate before you can operate in, you can't like start and do the, the training alongside starting? Not really. Um, yeah. You do need it. For some administrative roles, you can probably get away with not having it when you commence, but you will need to complete it. Because there's a lot of areas of the industry that you need to have an agent's representative certificate, which means that you basically have the qualifications to be able to speak to buyers or go into properties. Yeah. So yeah, we look, if it's someone entry level, we can definitely assist them with securing a role with the provision that they get their agent's rep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And so in terms of the actual real estate space of recruitment and what you recruit for, what is the most common role that you need to fill? Property manager. Yeah. Without even a blink of a hesitation, property managers. Yeah. The biggest demand. And that's because of high turnover? Extremely high turnover. Um, Property managers, they look, they're dealing with anywhere from 150 to 200 properties on a portfolio. So that's 200 landlords, 200 tenants, 200 issues, whether it's maintenance, arrears, leasing. So they're managing these portfolios end to end. um, And a lot of times, unfortunately, they might not have the training or development they need or they don't have the support they need. 
So a lot of companies now, they're offering, um, they're basically restructuring their rental departments. Okay. So the property managers are now going into more relationship management roles. Then you've got junior people coming in that are doing routines or opens or inspections. So we are definitely seeing a slowdown in turnover as opposed to what we saw over the last couple of years, but it's a very demanding role. Yeah. And I think my perception and potentially some of the listeners' perception of property managers is they're not really paid according to their role in terms of the how much they do or is that more was that something a few years ago and now it's gotten better it's definitely gotten better okay i mean we've placed i think this week was it this week or last week we placed a property manager a hundred thousand yeah for a monday to friday role with two days flexibility to work from home yeah so you get paid on your level of experience you don't get paid just to be a property manager you get paid if you've been in the industry eight or nine years and you've got a history of longevity in your roles because that shows a potential employer that you you know how to manage your portfolio end-to-end you know how to build strong relationships and you've shown that longevity throughout your career so a good property manager considering it's a role that is administrative Mm. with a very low barrier to entry I think it's a great paid role that being said, it does take a couple of years to really build that skill set up to get that kind of salary. If we're looking at someone junior or entry level or 12 months, it's probably is still relatively low paid, but no lower paid than anything like retail or any other roles that don't require formal education. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's probably the biggest thing is back to that you know education piece of how much do you actually need to get in to start and then build upon that which obviously gets you up the ladder as you go. Correct. Yeah. So if someone was thinking about becoming a property manager, outside of obviously the qualification, what sort of skill sets are you looking for when you interview? Are there people come from other industries that want to come into property management or maybe junior coming in for the first time to an industry? Yeah. Look, if it's a junior coming in, I mean, the soft skills we look for are resilience, communication, reliability, organisation. Um, and you've got to have a bit of backbone. Yeah. You're dealing mostly like you are a glorified complaints handler in a lot of in a lot of respects because people typically call their property. Like when have you called your property manager? When something's wrong. When something's wrong. <laughs> so there's, you know, 200 people that might have something wrong in any given day and you need to action that. Yeah. So you need to be on top of your emails. You need to be organized, but you need to have a passion for helping people. Um, you need to be a natural problem solver. Yep. So if you're that person in a friendship group that goes and organizes the holiday and books the itinerary and makes sure everyone's transferred, <laughs> you're a great property manager. Yeah. But if you're someone that doesn't really like to take initiative or you prefer sort of spending your day out and about and, you know, chatting to people, it's probably not the right role for you. Yeah. So the soft skill, the probably the number one soft skill we look for is resilience though, because like I said, you're copping a lot of abuse. Yeah, and you've got to not be able to take it personally. It's, that's it's about exactly. the property and you're the middleman because that's another thing, right? You're also, well, it's a bit of a catch-22. You're paid by the fact there's rent coming in from the tenant, but you wouldn't be paid if the landlord didn't engage you to be their property manager. Correct. So you need both things to work. That's exactly right. To get paid. You do. You so do. that's kind of tricky. It's like, where does your interest lie? Who is the client in that situation? It's really hard. It's really, it's, it's not an easy job. I think a lot of people... We get a lot of sales agents that go, I think I want to step into property management. Like they've got a lot more balance. It seems like a much easier job. It's not easier. No. It's a really challenging role, but a lot of people are so passionate about it because like I said, they're, they're natural troubleshooters and they love just being able to resolve a problem, tick it off the list and move on to the next one. Um, you mentioned people that are wanting to transition over out mm. of another career. The biggest challenge that we find if it's someone that is say slightly more mature in age that are coming from another industry they need to start at the bottom when it comes to salary. 
So your skills, like whilst you might have transferable skills, there's so many elements of PM you need to learn. Maintenance, arrears, routines, um, relationship building. So a lot of people come across going, well, I want, I see your roles advertised at 75,000. I've got my agents rep. I've spent eight years in hospitality or whatever it might be. So Mm. I want 75 for my first year in property management. It will not happen. You will start entry level and then you will grow. And that's where it's difficult to engage people from other industries to step Mm. into the role. Juniors, absolutely. So they're like 22, 23, they've completed the agents rep, they want to step into real estate. Um, A great transition in. Yeah. And I think that's also an assumption I have of the industry is a lot of people do do their certificate like younger. Maybe they've out of school, maybe they've done uni and it's not been for them or they've held a a job in another sector, maybe retail or something, and then jumped across into property. Correct. And the perception is very shiny mirrors of real estate. Yeah. And I don't mean to sit here and paint a negative perception of the industry because it's it's so incredible and it's such a fantastic career choice. Mm. But the perception of what the industry is like from the outside to the reality of what it is on the inside is completely different. Particularly on the sales side as well, <laughs> right? Like, oh my goodness, yeah. the perception of what a real estate agent looks like and what the lifestyle looks like. I think the last year, the average real estate agent, the salesperson, the average salary was 60000 That's nuts. I know. Whereas if you were you know, at a, at a party and no one knew who you were and you said, I'm a real estate agent, everyone would think you're loaded. Yeah. Yeah. You just got a lot of debt yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. They got a perception that they look like they are high flying. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the real estate industry has certainly provided a, a name and an outlet for people who do want to go in and make a lot of money. Like some people get in because they want that. And it is possible for some people But it's not the majority. It's actually a minority. I think a lot of people enter into it because they think it's going to make them a lot of money. Mm. And they see their friend who drives a, you know, sports car and they're a real estate agent. So that's why they do it. And that's where the biggest challenge lies is because they don't actually consider what the role entails. A real estate sales agent doesn't sit at their desk and wait for someone to walk in and say, hey, I want to sell my house. Yes. And that's what we keep telling our entry-level people. If you're a real estate agent and you want to start in the industry... No one knows who you are. You need to go out and convince or introduce yourself to people to then ask them to list your property. And then you're up against multiple other agents that have been in the marketplace for a significantly longer time than you do. So the reality is that yes, you can make some serious dollars in residential sales, but again, you need to spend years and years building up your network, building up your um, your name, your presence in your particular market. Um, and you need to hustle for a really long time, six days a week, 12 hour days, door knocking, cold calling, um, social media, marketing, putting in the hard work um, for very little money until you become established. And that's where the big dollars come. But again, that's like any industry, right, Em? Like you graduate from university, um, you know, as a lawyer. Your first year as a lawyer, you're on 60K. Then 65. Like any industry, it takes a really long time to build up. But the turnover in sales is so high because people go in thinking they're going to be a millionaire overnight. Yeah, and and they don't last long enough. No. I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if you uh, follow Alex Hormozy, marketing genius and... It is slightly off topic for the property podcast, but there's probably listeners who do know of Alex. And he was saying, often people are doing the right things. They're not doing them enough in volume or enough in time. It's actually not they're doing the doing the wrong things and they quit. They just quit too early. They didn't stick it That's out long exactly enough. exactly right. Or they just didn't do it yeah. enough. 
And I think with real estate sales, what people need to understand if you're considering a career in it is it's a lot of rejection. Like you get way more no's than you get yeses. And it's repetitive as well. Yes. Like you said, it's just you doing the same thing every every day, waiting for a result, but it's time. It takes a really long time and there is a shit ton of rejection. Yeah. Oh. But you've got to be resilient. You've got it's 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 a when I'm interviewing entry-level candidates, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So you need to be prepared to like pace it out. There's going to be some serious challenges. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to want to quit. But it's the ones that stick through it when it gets really tough that come out the other end and they end up with really high-performing agents. It can't be about money either. Like you need to genuinely love, not even property, but people. Because you're dealing with, when you're listing or selling a home, it could be... Um, a family going through a divorce. It could be the death of someone. It could be a relocation. It could be financial hardship. So you need to be able to relate to people from all walks of life. You need to be able to build trust because if you go in there and it's all about money, we call it commission breath. You can smell it a mile away with any industry. You can tell when someone's trying to make a quick dollar or you can tell when someone genuinely wants to help you and there's a very clear difference and that's what people entering the industry need to be aware of. Don't think about the money. The money is a byproduct of the effort and the passion you have for the industry. I think that's a really good point, a very valid point. Do you think the image of a real estate agent is changing or is it getting worse? Because let's just establish like real estate agents are up there with like the least trusted people in this world. They're up there with car salesmen and the general public would sort of roll their eyes on oh, you're a real estate agent. Like, or even I know in my own business, people call me, buyers call me and say, we're well, sick of dealing with real estate agents. Yeah. And I don't think the current reality TV shows out there are helping. <laughs> um, guys, if you watch those TV shows, like what's a million dollar listing? The no, no, Lux no. listing. Lux listings. It's not what real estate is like. And that's the problem. I mean, people think that the perception is just not getting better. And I think there's another new reality TV show popping up and it's just, there's so many smoky mirrors about it. And I really don't think that so, uh, reality TV and social media does the industry justice. Um, that being said, I think there is there are a lot of great real estate salespeople that are breathing some light mm -hmm. and life mm -hmm. back into the industry that do a really good job. But just like any industry, it's always the ones that are ridiculous that end up getting a lot of media and paint a really bad perception of the industry. But anyone that's in the industry laughs at them. Does that make sense? Like yeah. we know that's a joke and we wish that the public didn't perceive agents like that. So it's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah, it is a tricky one. And I think like I know when I entered the industry from another area, I actually didn't want to be a sales agent because I thought that image was already painted. But I actually do, in hindsight now, think there is opportunities for people coming in to give a perception because the general perception is actually pretty bad more generally. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of room in the industry to come in and create a different perception for the public and actually do really well out of it, being like, you're a genuine person. That's correct. You're just doing your job and you're doing it well and it's not flashy and it's not showy. Some of the agents that I know that do the best and write volume and are really like listing quite easily are those who are just relatable to the public. They don't wear suits. They drive a normal car. They're just people. I agree. And yeah. that's the beauty of, I guess, Instagram and social media. And it's a big push in a lot of our in a lot of our clients' offices is that create a personal brand within the business. So agents can create those personal brands and they're shifting that mentality from look at my 
you know, bright Lamborghini and look at my Rolex to well, like, look at, I've just, you know, helped a couple, uh, helped out a family that were, um, you know, in financial struggles, mm. you know, and this was a negotiation. This was the great price we got, or, you know, I met this vendor when they were going through a really tough time and I've just sold their house for 300,000 over reserve. So let's actually talk about the success of the industry and how it changes people's lives as opposed to look at my Lamborghini and look at my Ferrari because I'm overcharging you for the sale of your property. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Like yeah. those particular agents drive me nuts because I just want to tell them no one cares. Literally no like, one cares. Like literally no one cares. <laughs> and as we all know, the ones that flash it are typically the ones that don't actually have it. It's probably on loans or whatever. But I think that in time, that perception will change. Yeah. It, it'll people will realize it's all a facade and the, the the real life will come back into the industry. But um, it's definitely a problem. It bothers me yeah. all the time, <laughs> to be honest, Am. It really bothers me. You and I both. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to dive a bit more into some of the ballpark figures around expectations of salary and also around trends in the industry coming through. We'll be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Chanel, I think there's a lot of people probably listening, thinking like, what is really, so we've spoken about property managers and you mentioned there that the more experience warrants a higher salary when you're changing roles. You obviously got to start from the bottom basically or start somewhere and you can't expect 100K in your first year. It's just not going to happen, but it is possible. You know, you place that person Monday to Friday, they've got two days flexible and they're on 100K, which is awesome. When it comes to the selling side of things, let's assume no knowledge uh, for our listeners, when you first start versus when you sort of move up the ladder, how can things be structured in the industry? What are the sort of legalities around? You can't just go in there and just say, I'm just going to make my own money and all the money I make off the commission I'm going to keep. Yeah. How does it actually work in terms of being paid as a real estate agent? So if you were starting out right now in real estate sales, you would typically start as a sales PA. So you'd be working under a high-performing agent and you would be looking after open for inspections, prospecting, cold calling, et cetera. So you're learning from an agent. 
that salary, the real estate award changed monumentally in about, I think it was 2022. Um, now you are required to earn at least, I think the approximate figure depends on your age and your experience in the industry, but entry level, say you're 22, I think it's about 55,000. And that means they have to cover a car allowance, mobile phone and uh, a base salary according to the real estate award. And then where you make your money and what you really want to negotiate is your commission. So if you're working on a listing, then you ne- you need to negotiate prior to you going in, what is my commission for my list? What is my commission for my sale? Um, a lot of agents starting out going, going, well, I just want to get somewhere that's going to give me the high, highest base salary. Big no-no. Because you don't make your money in real estate sales on base, you make it in com. And that's really difficult when people are entering the industry because they've just got no idea, which is why it's always good to go through a recruiter or, or do your additional research. Um, but you'd probably earn, look to earn in your first year in residential sales as a junior, anywhere between sort of 65 to 70. Yeah. And that's yeah. base and comp, depending if you've negotiated a strong commission split. For sure. And then over time, am I right in thinking that, you know, once you've had a few years experience, you can just be on commission only, like you can just take a split of the money that the vendor pays you? Absolutely. So you can, there's two options. You go on a retainer or a commission only. So retainer means you obviously need to pay back whatever salary it is. So say you're on a salary of 60,000, your retainer will be about $15,000 per month, about three times your uh, monthly salary. So you need to make $15,000 in commission before you need to bill at least 15000 before you see commission. Whereas if you're commission only, then you're making, let's say, let's call it 50% of every single house that you sell or that you list. So an experienced agent would opt to be commission only because they can back themselves and you'll earn more money. Whereas if you need the stability, like you've got a mortgage, you need that recurring income, a retainer is a really good option because you have that reoccurring base salary coming in and then obviously the additional money you earn in commission. Definitely, the longer you're in, the more the more you have to earn if you are doing the right things. Yes. If you are prospecting daily, if you are nurturing your database, if you're taking on the training and development and you're building up your network in the community, then naturally, yes, as time goes on, more listings, more sales, more money. Yeah. And that makes sense. It is a longevity thing. Exactly. But I think a lot of people don't actually stick it out long enough to see what's possible. And as we touched on before, the rejection piece, the resilience, all of that comes into it to having that great career. In terms of ballpark figures, let's say you've started out as a junior or you've started out as um, a sales agent's assistant and you've made your way up and now you're someone who's listing and selling your own properties and maybe you've got a retainer maybe you're splitting but realistically if by year five have you got a ballpark figure of what could be possible for people it depends right em like it it is endless it's uncapped like there is an uncapped commission structure it's it comes down to drive like Mm -hmm. how many how many doors are you knocking how many people are you getting in front of you so it's not a matter of just sitting at your desk for three years and then being like I've been here three years I should be earning x amount if you're out there and you are giving it a hundred percent, like you need to be seriously driven to be an agent. Like seriously, it is not a job, it's a lifestyle. And I don't say that lightly because it could be Friday at nine o'clock and you are closing. You know, it's Saturday, you've closed an auction, you're at the vendor or purchaser's house at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. You need to make real estate your whole life to be successful. So if you've done that and it gets to year five, you've given it your all, you could be earning two, three, three fifty. I've seen it happen. Um, ridiculous amounts of money to be made. But it, I can't quote a ballpark figure and I get asked this all the time, particularly yeah. agents coming in because it's the the limit doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's like how long is a how long is a piece of string? Yeah. Depending on how much effort you put in really depends on the income 
That being said, brand does pay, play a big part mm. in it. You need to work for a company that has a strong brand presence because you are someone is trusting you to sell their biggest asset in life, their life savings. So if you're working for somewhere where no one's ever heard of you or you're unprofessional or you're probably maybe a little bit too young and you're dealing with 40, 50-year-old vendors, they're not going to trust you. And that's where a PA model really, really helps. If you're young and, and you're inexperienced, like I said, a 40-year-old couple with a $3 million house are probably, I hate to say it, not going to trust a 20-year-old to sell it. Yeah. But they will if you're if you're there with an experienced agent. And that's where experience comes into play. Yeah. Um, I'm going on a tangent a little no, bit. No, 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 yeah. um, But you need to have the right brand behind you. As soon as you say the word Ray White, everyone knows who Ray White is. Mm. But if I was to say Sally Smith Real Estate in, um, you know, Gold Coast, no one knows who they are. So you need to have, you need to be working under a brand that has presence and has really strong marketing. So when you're in front of someone and I say, my name's Chanel, I work for Ray White Real Estate, I've instantly got credibility. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. There's the company brand and there's also your personal brand Correct. and maintaining that reputation in an area. Ray White's obviously very prominent. Um, in terms of touching on the the limit doesn't exist. I attended a, a mean girl's quote. Isn't is, it? Yeah. <laughs> the limit exist. Uh, so I attended a real estate conference this week and we heard from the number one sales agent in Australia in terms of volume, which is Josh Testelin. If you are interested in seeing like what the actual possibility is, go and follow him on Instagram. I'll link him below. The guy's a machine. Like he literally lives and breathes real estate. His mum works in the business. His now wife is his uh, assistant. He has got an amazing team, but he sold 370 properties in 2022. And he's quite young as well, isn't he? He's 26. There you go. And he, the biggest thing I learned from him is he has systems and processes in place. It's his energy and his drive that gets the business. The systems and processes carry the business in terms of what a client experience looks like. Makes it more efficient. You probably get a couple more deals because you've got the right processes, but it it is. Attitude in, in real estate no, like we do not look at your resume in real estate. No one cares what your resume is. It's sit, like, sit in front of me, tell me why you want to be in this industry. I can tell, I say this often on my podcast, I can tell within 30 seconds of meeting with someone if they're going to be successful in real estate. I can pick it straight away because they need to have this natural sense of confidence. They need to be able to hold themselves. Mm. If they can't hold themselves in front of me in an interview, there's no way they're going to be able to hold themselves confidently in the lounge room of a vendor or a purchaser. So you can tell instantly. You ask any of my real estate clients, how long will it take you to meet someone to know if they're going to be successful? 30 seconds. Yeah, I think that's great. And Impression counts very yeah. much so. Yeah. In terms of, we're spoken about, property managers and we've spoken about real estate sales agents or selling agents. In terms of other roles that are exposure to the industry, but maybe not one of those, what other things have you seen sort of pop up that indirectly, like with the rise of social media and things like that, that indirectly, if someone loves property, but they don't want to do property management, they don't want to be a sales agent, how could they get into the industry in a sort of side role almost? The impression is it's just rentals and sales, but there's a lot of other elements to a real estate office. So you touched on social media and marketing, huge role, Mm. huge role. Um, A lot of companies now are hiring social media specialists, marketing specialists to look after agents, social media, agents, LinkedIn's, TikToks, databases, Mm -hmm. because with the rise of social media, um, it's, it's an element of personal branding. So we're not looking so much at print media or television media anymore. It's more social media presence. So, um, if you are someone that specializes or have, you know, uh, completed a degree in, um, 
social, not social media, but media and communications and you're passionate about property, there's definitely a lot of real estate marketing um, and social media roles available right now. Um, Additional to that, we look at um, business development managers, BDMs, um, that are really focusing on growing a business in a rentals capacity. So if you're like, I don't want to be a sales agent because I don't have that kind of hustle, but I don't really, I'm not a PM. BDM is a perfect medium because you're selling to some extent. You do have a lot more balance than a sales agent does, but you've got the ability to earn commission as well. So that's a really good middle ground role. Um, And then we've got a ton of administrative roles, EAs, PAs, reception, um, sales administration, because there's a lot of back-end admin that goes with being um, in real estate. Um, what else is there? Buyers advocates. There's a lot of those. Uh, there's not, there's not actually not, there's not enough of them. Yes. Um, yeah, look, anything, if we were to look at a real estate office and how it's structured, it depends on the size of the business, but there's so many support roles that a lot of people don't know about right now. We've even got a database administrator, which is nurturing, um, and showing love to the database of the company. Um, so look with the rise of social media, a lot of tech roles are coming into play, compliance roles as well. Um, but it's not just sales and rentals. There's certainly other aspects and other roles within the real estate office that could be suitable to some of the listeners on right now. Yeah, awesome. And in terms of someone who might be looking for a career change, because there's many people reevaluating constantly, you know, where they're at, what they want to do. Some people are genuinely passionate about property as in they love looking at homes and they, for fun on the weekends, they go out to open homes. Other people are more keen on the actual industry as a whole. In terms of other industries you've seen, when you interview candidates or your team interview views candidates from other industries, what would you say is the most common one that pops up that you think is suitable to transition into real estate or is it more about the skill? When it comes to sales, we look at every industry and I, I give, I'll give you the perfect example. We met with a candidate um, working at Pancake Parlour. He yep. was a manager of a pancake parlour and he'd been doing that for five years. And when we look at Pancake Parlour, right, hospitality, you're on your feet, it's long hours, you're speaking to people all day. He had a team that he was managing at the same time and you are on minimum award wage. doesn't matter how hard you work or what you do, that's your salary. We transitioned him over into real estate sales. In his second year, he was a six-figure owner. Wow. And so we saw that skill set, but more than anything in that interview, we knew he had children. We knew he was a breadwinner in the family and you could see that drive and that hunger in him. And we knew within about like 30 seconds, (laughs) but following that he's going, he needs to because he has to, and he's used to the long hours and he's used to speaking and he's used to being on his feet and he's used to that sort of pressure he has absolutely killed it. Yeah. Um, wow. So we don't look at, we will look at any industry when it comes to transitioning into residential sales, but we need to be really like extremely realistic because people come in, they're like, I want $90,000 base yeah. my <laughs> first year in because I've been a CEO at, you know, a, um, a florist. No, like I hate, like it's, this is going to sound brutal. Nobody cares. Yeah. You will start, as no matter how great you look on paper or what you've done in your career, when it comes to sales, you need to start at your entry level wage. And what will really prove your success is your commission. Um, property managers, we look at all different industries as well. Um, Retail is a great one because it's great organization skills. Um, again, hospitality, um, because it does give you a lot of balance. And you go into a professional environment, you do have balance just to some degree. Um, so we've had great success retail hospitality um, in both 
like sales and property management, to be honest. Yeah. A bit of a side question for you. I know this week you just moved into your new home, which is very exciting. (laughs) Homeowner. (laughs) Love it. So in the process of being a buyer yourself, how did you experience the industry? Was it a good experience for you going through that process? Did it alert you to anything like uh, that you would think about when interviewing candidates for roles in the future? It was a huge eye-opener, Em. Um, I really understood the difference between a good agent and an absolutely horrific agent. Yeah. Um, whilst I was shopping around, look, we were we were working with all different different brands, obviously, to to look for the right property. Yeah. And the level of service from some agents far, mm-hmm. far outweighed others. Um, when it came to follow up, communication, even just presentation, like we'd rock up to an open home at you know nine o'clock in the morning, they're late. Um, we ask questions about the property, they didn't know it. Um, we would follow up with you know inquiries, they wouldn't come back to us. And there was one pop property in particular we were really eager to to view. The location was perfect, the price was right. We called that agency so many times to try and get an inspection. They did not call back. Oh, my goodness. To the point where I was just like, I don't even want this house anymore. Move on. Yeah. And um, an incredible company, Barry Plant, sold us our home. We were not planning to build, um, but it just worked out perfectly. And we built our dream home in our dream suburb. Um, and he was beyond incredible, yeah. listened, understood and, and obviously made the sale. Um, the other company that we really wanted to buy that house from three months later called us. It actually passed in at auction. Oh my goodness. Um, they, they didn't call, they didn't have an auction crowd. There was two people there. It passed in. We would have bought it. And they called us three months later saying, oh, you know, you were a buyer. Like we just wanted to call, you know, we were still trying to sell. And I was just like, I was so, I was so confronted because I was mm. like, you are such a terrible agency and it did it definitely highlighted when I was going out and interviewing following my experience in purchasing I had a whole different lease on how to approach candidates and what to look for um but I mean if you're out there looking to sell your property be so careful in who you list with because you can get you know it is your life savings like three four five hundred thousand dollars over reserve whatever it may be that is your savings it's going to set you up for life Mm. and the person who's transacting that is so incredibly important so do your due diligence do your homework ask for a referral check their social media accounts like how long have they been in that particular office for make sure you are listing with the right company and the right person because like I said I've seen it on my end Mm. the wrong agent is just going to cause you so many issues they probably had a cheap commission too most of the time people worry about oh, I need to, I don't want to pay the agent too much money. And it's actually the opportunity cost if you go with an agent, let's just for round figures say it's 1% commission on a million dollars, which is 10 grand commission on the sale. But the agent who charges 2% actually gets you 1.2 million. Correct. You know, it's the opportunity cost in between. And a lot of people do write into the show asking, you know, I'm thinking about selling. What do I do? How do I pick an agent? Go and pretend to be a buyer. Yes. Go to their open homes. How do they interact? What's their follow-up like? How do they present? Because they're going to be presenting your home and you want to make sure it's someone who knows what they're on about, knows all the answers to the questions or will follow up and find out for the buyer because ultimately houses don't sell unless you have buyers on them. And that's so disappointing to hear someone call you three months later. Three months that he still hadn't sold it. And I was shocked. It was an incredible property. There was like some, some issues behind the scenes about like delayed settlements, which was all fine. But yeah, um, yeah definitely. Like if you're looking to, for, for the right agent to, to sell, you're exactly right. Shop around, do a mystery shop because there's some pretty terrible agents out there. That being said, there's some that will go a 
above and beyond and I've experienced that and they're absolute professionals in their field and they're the ones that you know are there because they genuinely want to help you. Um, and like I said, the money is a byproduct of their passion for the industry. Yeah. Like any career, if you're doing it for the money, you'll never last. Like you, you might do a few good years and whatnot, but eventually you'll burn out or you'll, you'll, you'll expose yourself, if that makes sense. You have to, if you're looking to get into the industry or, um, you know, whether it be sales and property management, remove the money. Just remove it and go, is this something I can do for the next five years? Do I like helping people? You know, it, we, we always laugh when we ask people, why do you want to get into real estate? Well, I love houses. <laughs> it's not about houses. No. It's got nothing to do houses with houses. Nice, but... They're lovely and it's great to go to people's houses, but it's got nothing to do with that at all. It's no. about human connection. 100%. I think that's a good note to finish on because, yeah, that's how I would encapsulate it as well. People, not properties. Correct. If you don't like people, don't get into real estate. Absolutely like, not. Let's be honest. Or buyers advocacy or yeah, recruitment. Anything, anything <laughs> like that. If you have been listening to this and you're someone who is keen to understand a bit more about a real estate uh, career or even entry-level roles, or maybe you're in the industry already and you're thinking about a change, Chanel operates mainly out of Melbourne, um, but does have connections across Australia to help people. Uh, We'll put all the details to follow Titanium and Chanel below, so you can have a look at that. But hopefully today's given you a bit of a different spin on property. Uh, I think it's really interesting to hear from someone who recruits for the industry that we talk about every single week on the show. So thank you so much, Chanel, for coming in to have a chat today. Thank you for having me, Em. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.